This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Our mission here at the Talking Taiao podcast is to inspire and support people, businesses and communities to value the environment and act to prioritise sustainability. We would like to highlight our region's efforts in acting as guardians of the land, Taranaki Tiaki Taiao, while weaving Te Reo Māori and Matauranga within our conversations to help our wider community learn through a positive, educational and uplifting lens. Kia ora listeners and thanks again for tuning in to Talking Tile Podcast. Uh, once again, big thank you to Access Radio Taranaki for their continued support in recording and broadcasting our Talking Tile podcast. And welcome to our very special legend of a guest for this episode, Mike Tapp. Thank you for coming in, Mike. <laughs> That's all right. Marina. Marina. Um, so Mike Tapp is a legend within our local community, having a long career as a teacher, a journalist, and where I met him was at Department of Conservation when he was a community ranger. He gave me my first foot in the door with Doc as a Didymo ranger, and now we're both involved with the Namotu Marine Reserve Society. Um, so I'll just ask you, Mike, to um, introduce yourself a little bit more and perhaps go into what your career has been like. You've done so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was interesting because when I first went to training college, I remember going to talk, going to see a, um, a, gu- a guy talking and he said that the children that you teach in the future, they're less likely to stay in one occupation. And I thought, oh, I don't know if that'll happen because everyone in those days really started as... Yeah. If you started as teachers, you finish as teachers. If you started as a plumber, you finish as a plumber. But, um, yeah, he's right. Well, he's right for me anyway. So I've done a few different things. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Auckland, and I went to North Shore Teachers College. So in those days, you had teachers' colleges around the country, and it's a little bit different to today. It's more university-based. Um, so we did three years, and then we... Um, we went teaching, we were given a job for one year and then given a job for two years and then you um, didn't have a job, so you had to find one. And it was quite difficult to find one and I think they lost a few teachers over that time. Um, people came out and just couldn't get jobs, you'd apply everywhere in the country, everywhere you could. And um, we were lucky enough to get a couple of jobs in Taranaki, down the coast. And so, um, yeah, I taught around Taranaki, mostly in little rural schools and over in the King Country, a little soul charge. It was good fun. Um, and then uh, I did that for 15 years, I think. And then um, I went to the newspapers. They used to have the newspapers and education department. Well, all the, all the INL newspapers in those days, they had um, newspapers and education department. And so um, that involved working with kids and teachers, but also writing... Um, bits and pieces for the newspaper, so they were published on a Tuesday during the during the week, and uh, yeah, we had all different sorts of programs. Some, some we syndicated with the other newspapers, and others we just did for Taranaki. Um, and then eventually, I, th- I was there for 10 years, and then um, 
Well, we all became redundant because by then the internet had started. So they were interesting years because we didn't have the internet and we didn't have email or anything like that. Um, so over that time, that sort of came in. We didn't have, they didn't have digital cameras even at the um, newspapers, but over the years they slowly came in and, and uh, things changed a lot. And so, um, yeah, so that was the end of that after 10 years. We, we became redundant and they started doing that just from one place in New Zealand. Fairfax owned the papers by then, so it was a little bit, uh, a little bit different. And um, so I worked for myself doing all sorts of different things. I did a, quite a bit of writing over that time, doing, did some school journal stories and, and or articles and um, had a couple of contracts with the Ministry of Education. And... Uh, yeah, then one day Doc needed someone for six months doing some media work. So I went to Doc for six months and ended up staying 11 years and that was, <laughs> that was great fun. I really enjoyed that. And all sorts of things I learnt there and all sorts of different things that I got to do. And um, working with all the Doc people, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for... Um for you having given me my first job as a Didymo Ranger, which was only a summer role. Um, so again, like four months of work or three months of work, and then I kind of begged the people above you to keep me on the books just in case something else comes up. Um, and four years later, I'm still on the books <laughs> as a casual, which is nice. Um, and I can help them out up at the visitor centre and still talk to the community and help educate people in those roles about what we've got. Yeah, they were interesting times because mm. it, it changed quite a bit and that they were the years, especially when, um, because I went up the, the last few years I was there, I was up the visitor centres quite a lot and, uh, and they were the years when the tourists, international tourists really started to roll in um, after Taranaki appeared in um, the Lonely Planet as the second best destination to visit. Mm. Uh, the next year it started and we had, we had seemed to have hundreds and hundreds of visitors up the mountain. So, um, yeah, those were interesting times, really interesting. Yeah, you would have seen quite a big change over those 11 years, other than, like, the influx of tourists, but also in the community space, seeing people from... Um, you know, working with schools was was your role mostly working with schools during that time. Like, uh, as a I did a lot of work with schools, but with community groups as well. Taranaki's been lucky because they always had a lot of community groups, so they were they were sort of there. You know, like your your Rotakaris and your Purangi um, Trust and um, Namudi Marine Reserve Society. Um, you know, they were there a long time before I started working, but I got to work with them, so that was really good. But yeah, it did a lot of work with schools. and um, But it did change because Doc restructured during that time and so, you know, they, they were keen um, to, to, for the community to do um, lots of things and take, take responsibility for, for different things and, and funding started to become available and not just through Doc, but through all sorts of projects like the Curious Minds projects. Um, Taranaki was chosen to be one of the Curious Minds um, places for the trials, and uh, you know that made a, that made a huge difference because little communities could get organised, and if something wanted needed to be done in the environment uh, space, they could apply for Curious Funds 
um, funding and you know things that were done in the early days is there's still you know, there's, there's work springing from those today so mm. yeah well I've got um, I'm currently on a contract with Litter Action New Zealand to monitor roadside litter so I'm working with Egmont Village School at the moment um, to um, and, and it's funded by Curious Minds where we monitor the prevalence of roadside litter and then with a litter action app and then we do some action projects and put signage up, do some public campaigns, uh, work with local businesses like gas stations um, and try and encourage people to be more responsible with their plastic waste and rather than throw it out in the bin, just sort of encouraging more conscious waste disposal. And then the school will do another survey in the so- those same places after those action projects and and see if there's a difference mm. in that prevalence. So it's like introducing the school, the students to citizen science, like just everyday citizens contributing to data collection. And so that's what um, citizen science is for, for our listeners. Um, but in terms of... Um, this growth, like Taranaki Maunga Project, were you involved in that when that started? Yeah, yeah, we were all involved in some way. Mm. Yeah, because that's, all this new branding, like partner projects, where it's no longer just DOC that people go to for, like, insight or knowledge or encouragement for conservation. There's all these new brandings and new um, projects propping up, like you said, with Curious Minds, that people can go to and participate in, and it's not just a government no, entity. No, the good thing too is it's led to all sorts of things. It's led to more people being involved, but it's also led to jobs. Mm. Um, you know, the Tar- Taranaki Maunga Project is a, is a good example of that. It's, it's led to all sorts of jobs. Um, but, well, you'd know yourself that, you know, in... in um, and Dot, we used to run the, um, the Experiencing Marine Reserve program there, but that changed, and that was given over to the um, Namudu Marine Reserve Society, and uh, you know, that's created that's created positions too. So um, you, know, you look out for different areas of funding, and so so that's all good. So it's it's really really a good way to do it. And the kids, I mean, you, by doing the things with the kids and having those those little projects, they can see they can make a difference mm. and it's not too big. It doesn't become too big for them. And um, you know, there's been lots of things happening for years and years. Um, Bill Clarkson, for example, um, has been working with the Motorola School for years you know, and, and looking after some of our rare coastal plants and and uh, the kids there can see, well, they, they've really made a difference. They, they can look at the, their predecessors, what they've done, what the kids have done earlier, and, and go out and see their plantings, and, and, and plants that just were nearly extinct uh, along the coast mm. um, are flourishing in places. So, um, and that's the thing. They've got to be able to see that they can make a difference, and it's not very hard to make a difference. Um, yeah, there's a project um, that we'll talk about after... The song shortly um, that I would love for you to talk more about. So we'll talk about that after this song. If you could introduce the song that you've chosen for us. Well, this is a song called Mountains to the Sea, and it's a um, song by Mary Black. And uh, I chose this song because um, well, we live in an area of mountains to the sea, 
and uh, it, it talks about, um, in one part of the song, it talks about the shark out in the sea and uh, it sort of resonated with me because I went with some mates down to um, Stewart Island and uh, we were determined to go for a dive, a snorkel in the marine reserve down there. And when you get into that marine reserve, it's quite forbidding because there's big, big uh, swaths of, um, of kelp and you, you sort of can imagine a great white shark sneaking <laughs> up as you, as you round another bit of kelp. So we didn't stay in too long, but we, we carried all our dive gear and our weight belts all the way down there to go for a little wee dive, which actually didn't last too long because of the, the spooky kelp. <laughs> cool. I'm looking forward to listening to the song. to coast Sleeping on a train Caught between the satellites And on the road again People often ask me Where is I from? Find it hard to tell them So I say it is song i 
So we were just chatting in that little break there uh, about this project and um, so I think our listeners will really enjoy hearing about this because it's intergenerational, it talks about biodiversity and community and all that sort of stuff. So this project at in Waitara with Waitara High School. um, It was was Manukurihi Intermediate initially. Oh, Manukurihi Intermediate. Okay, so a couple of schools have been involved in that space. Yeah. Um, which is exciting, um, taking ownership of that of their own backyard kind of concept. Um, so yeah, tell us about how you got involved and and what you've seen over the years. Okay, well, one of the uh, things that we do when we do the experiencing marine reserve project is, is teach kids to snorkel, and we teach them locally. Like in in, in Waitara, for example, we worked with Manukree Intermediate and Raywin Neewa's class. It was for. For many years, we worked with them, and we worked out. Um, they would start learning to snorkel in the um, in the in the swimming pool in town, and then they'd learn how to snorkel out at the beach. And we'd take them. Then we'd take them up to a marine reserve, and they'd swim. They'd they'd go to Goat Island, and they'd uh, learn to snorkel. Well, they'd learnt to snorkel by then, so they were quite proficient at snorkeling. And we'd take them into the Goat Island Reserve, but before that we'd take them into a non-reserve area so they could compare the two. And so that took place over the first term, or a big part of the first term. But one of the most important things was the action project and what they were going to do for their local area once they got back to school. And uh, we had a stream out there, Mangahinau Stream, which we knew was a really good spawning, um, whitebait spawning area once upon a time. But the... Um, over time, the, the um, riparian trees had disappeared and so it was really quite warm and it, it wasn't really um, that good for your spawning whitebait anymore. So we thought we'd do something about that. So the kids went to the local um, um, community council and talked to them about what they wanted to do and we, we had some funds which the children applied for. and. Uh, so right from the start they were involved and uh, even to, to going to the local farmlands and um, choosing the fencing material that they needed to, to get and uh, they worked with a couple of the dock guys to build a fence um, along the, along the riverbank and uh, every year we would plant, we'd, we'd get our plants and we'd go out and plant there and uh, if you go past now and it's just part, if you just go past Nelson Street and you're going on the main bypass uh, before you get to the bridge and you look over to the left of the road, the main highway, and you'll see all those trees out there and which are all planted along the, 
and they're big trees now. So I guess it was a result of about five or six um, years classes that were doing that every year. And then uh, in recent years, Waitara High School, and they, some of those kids could remember their brothers or sisters or cousins um, taking part in this, and they'd left school by that stage, and they went back just to see the results of it. And uh, one of my colleagues um, worked with them, and they, they, they just did some surveys with the fish. They trapped some um, fish just to see what was there. And in the area that we had planted, um, there were lots of fish, lots of native fish, so they'd all come back. And, of course, all the other things that indicate uh, that it's a, a really good stream now were there. You know, the water was cooler and all sorts of things. So, so that was a little project that they can go past all the time and, and not can see that. So they've really made a difference. And, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was, a, it was a good little project, that one. But things like that are happening all over Taranaki. Yeah, exactly. But that's such a... It's a really accessible... Like you can you can see it from the road as you're driving past. Whenever I drive past with my husband, he knows I'm about to say, "That's where Mike and the kids <laughs> did their planting." Um, but it's like, yeah, it's a really cool visual timeline that you can. You don't even have to go and um, do the fish trapping if you're not doing that. You can physically see each year the trees are getting bigger, the and the seedlings and. Um, mm. And it doesn't take long, you know. It, yeah. it does those ones that planted. The first lot of trees, you know, they could see within a year, they could say, well, actually, the first lot of trees just about got wiped out by a flood. Mm. Um, but we retained some of them. Mm. But after that, they just flourished and away they went. Yeah, once the um, roots are stable and they've got a bit of a, um, you know, like a bit of a canopy for protection um, for the for the water and all the different the biodiversity of the trees that you guys planted and the schools planted um, really helps t- it to flourish because it's it becomes self sustainable after a while. But having those kids from different schools doing different types of monitoring, but also I saw a photo of um, Emily from TRC doing the the visual um, clarity of the water oh, test. Yeah, yeah. Smack, schmack yeah, kits. Schmack kits. Yeah, schmack kits are what people can use to monitor the, the quality of their um, water and their streams and rivers. The, these kids are learning how to do science with those kits. Um, so not only are they just planting the trees and watching them grow, they're actually doing that continuous monitoring, they're learning new skills. And... Have you have you had any like feedback from students or parents or teachers that indicate that that has impacted the, the students after school or as? No, you do from time up? to time in different different ways. Um, and of course, with that project, you you often work with the brothers and sisters that have started the project. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good thing about that one too was that there were like the Taranaki Regional Council had already planted back towards the road in that area, or around about the bridge area. That bit, yeah. We're just looking at a map. (laughs) So, you know, they they could see what what could happen. And then there were other uh, occasions during those years where other schools would come down and do different plantings. And then that whole, I think at the same time they were doing, they were working on the riverbanks as well. And um, there were different little projects going on. But, uh, yeah, that was a goodie, but... 
Now, the, the, those little smack kits are ideal because the schools can get, if they've got a wee stream at school, you know, they can test that. Yeah, true. Or close to their school. Or they can work in with local farmers that are going to be doing some planting anyway and they can check out the stream what it was like beforehand um, and then just see what happens afterwards. Um, so there have been lots and lots of little projects done like that over the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, in town here too, we're just really lucky in town in, that, in the fact that you've got so many little um, native bush areas that you can work in. Um, yeah, and I... And people have been planting it mm, for the years. And yeah, the, it's, it's really exciting um, seeing all the different... Um, like biodiversity hubs around town and out at Waitata and stuff and watching it all grow. Because um, I think New Plymouth District Council want to reach that 10% um, native bush target. Um, Bill Clarkson was saying that um, at multiple talks, he keeps mentioning that in order for birds and wildlife to, su to sustain itself, um, an area needs... 10% um, of that area planted out with lots of different types of vegetation so mm. that they've got enough food source. Um, and I think district council are starting to actually put that into their policies, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, and having all this community uh, evidence, like the evidence that the community has already put into, um, being able to show that it does work and they have data to show the council, mm. um, I think that'll help them achieve that goal mm. heaps yeah um so just to uh close up what uh, do you have any other highlights i'm sure you've got plenty but um any specific like sustainability or conservation highlights from your career um Oh, there's all sorts of things. I think, <laughs> I think one of the real real highlights is the Experiencing Marine Reserve Program, which you're involved with so much now too. Yeah. Um, well, you still are too. Yeah, you're I, still a I'm volunteer. Still, I'm still doing it. Um, I think that's, a, that's one of the real highlights and, and as far as it, it's something that um, it's experienced it, it, it's learning by experience. It's actually going and say, when, when we look at an area of water and it, and it can look absolutely pristine, and that's one of the areas that we take the kids to up north. There's a, there's a little bay there and it looks amazing. Um, but once they've dived in the um, Goat Island Marine Reserve and then they go for 10 minutes and they dive in a place which looks as nice and as beautiful, but when you get under the water, it's not quite the same. Mm. And... Uh, I think seeing that and seeing and that really opens the kids' eyes and they um, and, and seeing the fish for the first time up close. Um, but even locally, because we do a lot of we we take the kids first at um, Namuta Beach, and then there's a lot of we do a lot of community snorkeling at um, Namuta Beach. But people are fairly surprised it's there the first time, yeah. especially when they go down where it's clear. They can't see too much sometimes. <laughs> every now and then you get a really nice day and uh, you can see a lot. And yeah. uh, it's surprising what's there. And I, I think over the last few years there's been more and more to look at there too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so that, you know, it's those sort of things that really open people's eyes and uh, any sort of learning like that is um, it's good learning. 
Cool. So continue to learn, everybody, um, by just observing or experiencing. Um, don't forget to go out as many days as you can and touch nature and observe it and see what bugs are on what plants. Um, it could be as simple as watching a bee on a flower. So um, enjoy the rest of your day, everybody, and thank you for listening in. And thanks for being on the show um, this episode, Mr. Tap. Thank you. Great. This show is created and made possible by Sustainable Taranaki. Sustainable Taranaki is a charitable trust that was started in 1992 in Inglewood by a group of progressive environmentalists. It now has grown and expanded its reach, but keeps the same vision of prioritizing our environment and educating the community. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.